So today we're going to go over some of the teachings of Kabir that we haven't looked at before. But let me start with one of his, one of my favorite quotes. Oh, immortal soul, to what non-self phenomena are you attached? You are so fortunate that you can be awakened. Therefore, wake up, O oh, immortal one. Just as there are stars in the sky, in the same way light is within you. Awaken by the one who can enlighten you. That which you seek outside is not to be found where you search. It resides within you. Kabir says only those words and thoughts are in harmony that understand this. Our real teacher is our soul. Our real teacher is the divine consciousness that we can experience within us. People say Kabir has gone far away, he says, but only a very wise person would know the secret. All people know that Rama was the son of Dasarath, but the secret of God's true name is totally different. People see things according to their own knowledge. Thus seeing a rope, they might say it's a snake. Although people know the fruits of noble qualities, they forget God and thus cannot find salvation. God is the support for all, just as water is a support for the fish. Kabir advises you to exert more effort, maximum effort, intense effort to attain God. The secret of God's name is quite different. God's name is formless and the supreme power. This is something that Kabir taught again and again and again in his poems. He used to say that there's the word and then there's the supreme word. The sacred word of God, formless, soundless, can only be experienced with consciousness of the soul. Recite the true name of God, O oh man. Recite God's quintessential words, mm. the divine vibration that sits at the core of your soul, that sits at the core of your consciousness. Look deeply into your consciousness and be aware of this quintessential word. word. 
You have collected a great deal of wealth and have safely secured it. But will you leave the world empty-handed? Your grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather possessed land and pots and other valuable articles. Why then did they leave these and go? Are you not aware? Or are your inner eyes, your inner perception blind? The world is engaged in a futile business. In the end, no one stands by you and you depart alone. Birth and death are transient and take no time. They're like the shadows of the passing clouds. What is there to boast about relatives, lineage, clan, and family when all are transient? Kabir says, without devotion to God's name, all your cleverness will drown you. Without the name of God, O oh man, you spend your life in delusion, says Kabir. You're like a foolish parrot on the silk cotton tree. It's regretful when it pecks the pod and the cotton flies away. You're like a drunken man who gives away the money in his pocket. He loses his sense, not caring for his household, for not meditating, for not conscious of the consciousness within us, the value of the consciousness within us. We're like a pauper who owns a gold mine and doesn't know it. How can you fill your belly with the mere taste of food or quench your thirst by licking dewdrops? How can a pauper invest in the welfare of others? He is wrapped up in his own misery. My dear soul, oh immortal soul, you possess such a precious gem, but you don't know its value. The appraiser thus snatches it from you. The appraiser is the death, of course. Kabir says, if you lose this opportunity, you may not get this precious gem again. How precious is this gem? <laughs> oh my. I trade all the gold in the world for a microsecond pure awareness. So would any saint, any great meditator has tasted that bliss. Tell me who was given bliss, peace, and well-being. Bliss is needed for the soul. Peace is needed for the mind and well-being is needed for the whole person. But people are plundered in both coming and going. They're robbed every step of the way during their lifetime in the mind. We're constantly being robbed of our potential when we're in the mind. In any way, shape, or form when we're in the mind, we're being robbed of our potential. When we're in the mind, we're digging our hole even deeper. We're etching more words on a gravestone. We're losing sight, the value of the gems within us. 
There have been millions of God, men, ascetics, renunciants, priests, and great persons who were born in the world. Millions, billions actually, billions. Millions when he wrote this poem, billions now. Maybe trillions in another 20, 50 years or 300 years. All of these people have vanished from the world. They departed the world. Water, air, space, everything that exists will eventually vanish. So also will the moon and the sun and the planets and the sky. These things and those beings will all vanish eventually. In the great dissolution, they disappear. But what if they, what will they do? If they know how precious the gem was inside of them. What will they think? What will they feel if they never took advantage of it at all? When they realize there's only a month or a week or a day left before the cosmos vanishes. People are prone to saying, all is well, all is well, all is well, says Kabir. But this utterance becomes the trap of death. Kabir says the whole world will vanish and only God will remain as the eternal being. But we can merge with God while we're in the human form and hence live eternally. There's a reason Kabir constantly calls us and addresses us by saying, oh, immortal soul. He knows beyond any shadow of a doubt, that every single one of us is immortal. And here's a, I'm going to read some two-line sakis, two-line poems. O soul, before birth you were free and had no worldly bondage to a body. Then your sixth sense, the mind arose. Now, where are you wandering to as if lost? The very genesis of the soul. We were totally free. No bondage of any kind whatsoever. None at all. None, none at all. And then our fear of non-being has popped up. And then our desire to be popped up. First layer of the mind. Desires counterbalancing fears, or fears and counterbalancing desires. And that's when our wandering began, and that's when we began to be lost in the highways and the byways and the useless energy patterns of the mind. Not totally useless. They brought us from that humble beginning to the human form, where we've discovered the gem within us that precious gem within us. But it's good to remember that we were born free, totally free. Totally free, but not at peace because we were afraid that something would take away the rest of our awareness. That's where the problem began. We resented losing what we had just lost. We're fearful that we'd lose even more. So we wandered about with our attention, 
looking for something that we could latch onto, something that would give us a buzz, something that would alleviate our fears of non-existence, of becoming non-existent. And we felt an energy pattern. It gave us a buzz, it gave us a thrill. And we forgot our fears for a second or two. And we've been following the same pattern for four billion years. The true Shabda, the true word, the Anahad Shabbat, the true name of God, the quintessential word is mind, says Kabir. And you are the product of it. Listen to it and do not shun it. If you wish to realize your own reality, then realize the Shabda within you. The Shabda is the creative energy of God that manifests in us as spirit. It's the true reality in our world. It's the only thing. It's the only thing in this world that's actually real. Yes, it's a creative energy. So few saints realize that the word is a creative energy that in and of itself it creates. In and of itself, it is aware of itself as the creator of the cosmos. In and of itself, the Shabda within us, the very source of our awareness within us, at the core of the soul, knows that it's God. And it dearly, dearly wants to wake us up so that we can bask and the bliss, the vibrant bliss, vibrant radiance and self-refulgence of Sabda. My word is from the beginning. The soul resides in the word. Again, the quintessential word is the only thing that he talks about, the consciousness of God. The basket is for holding flowers, but the horse is eating ghee. The soul animates the body and it gives us the consciousness and makes it as beautiful as flowers. This is the thing that, that is beautiful that we realize in our meditation. Meditation without the true name of God is blind and deaf and sorry. Tell me, where can it lead you? When meditation does not reach the door of the quintessential word of God consciousness within us, then the meditator is doomed to stray again and again. There is a great difference between words and spiritual words, the word of God. Reach deep into the very essence of consciousness. Kabir says, when there is no essence of the word, of the true name of God, that life is cursed. We were born to experience this God consciousness, this loving flow, this river of loving consciousness that flows through us and makes us what we really are. Let's get to it, suggests Kabir. 
Let's get to it now. Being struck by the quintessential word, one falls down, and being struck, one can give up the whole kingdom. Whoever deeply considers the quintessential word will have his life's goals fulfilled. Not the goals of the mind, but the goal of your spiritual life, the goal of your soul, which is to return to its own true home, to its own true source. Kabir says, my word, the word he's experienced within him, the word of the creator, the word of God consciousness, is from the very beginning. It's from the very source of all consciousness in the cosmos. Remember it at every moment. Remember that same word within you at every moment, and it will always continually, immortally bear inner fruit. Every other type of word, every other type of sound, every other type of light, every other thing is useless in comparison. Even in a perfect city, whoever does not take provisions for the journey will not be able to obtain provisions after the darkness has fallen and the day has ended. Perfect city is our body. And the provisions that we need to take with us on our journey are our faith, our devotion, our sadhana, and the soul's memories of these bubbles of consciousness. The bliss, the bliss of the divine within us. Make provisions for your life while you are still here in the body, he continues to say. The next path is full of lust for worldly enjoyments. Everyone is trying to buy their way into heaven, but there's no trader, no shop for obtaining it. All you need is love, say the Beatles. But it's not something you can buy. If you think your human life is your own, then <laughs> take care of it. Human life is a guest that rarely comes a second time. Human life where we can realize the essence is so precious, so very, very precious. Don't waste a second, says Kabir. Devote your entire life to that goal. He who understands the mystery of life, says Kabir, he who understands the mystery of life in this world is he or she who understands the soul. He or she should digest their own water and not ask for water to drink from others. Now water is the water of life that Kabir is talking about. These are the Shaki poems of Kabir. Oh preacher, says Kabir, why do you wander from house to house offering your teachings to others? 
he who is thirsty will helplessly come to you to drink. Everything in life is easy and should be easy. Kabir taught the Nirgan Bhakti path and the Sahaja Yoga path. What does he mean by Sahaja Yoga? Well, he expresses, expresses it in this little in this little poem. Why chase others? Those that are meant to come to you will come to you. Same token, he could have said, why chase your fortune? Whatever is meant for you will come to you. He could have also said, why chase enlightenment? Be happy with what you have and what you are. And you'll be floating in that enlightenment. Whether we're on a cushion or we're walking around in the world, you see, we have an opportunity to float in Sahaj Yoga. Or Chinaman might say you have the opportunity to float and move away. Gregor might say that too. <laughs> the soul is sold for a golden plate of pearls. What can one who does not know its value do with it? Pearls are the spiritual wisdom imparted by the teachers and the adepts and the saints from master to disciple. But what could the average person do with these teachings? Much different than what the spiritually minded soul can do. Much different than what an immortal soul on this path can do. Oh soul, oh immortal soul, Kabir addresses his students. You are a wondrous golden color. How, how could I ever adequately describe you? Having climbed the tree, the tree of life, you see, having climbed the tree, if you depart stainless, then I will sing eternally of your glory. It's a tree of life, the tree of spiritual life, the royal road from first bubble of consciousness to being able to abide in nirvana consciousness for eons. Oh, immortal soul, you were strong and your conduct was graceful. Now, however, you're stained with evil colors and have made another your lover. In other words, we've gone back to the mind. We have to guard that at all times. We have to make sure we don't develop spiritual ego and praise our success, brag of our success. We need to constantly, humbly, 
honor divine consciousness within us and in everything else that exists. If you see the Lord everywhere, it's impossible not to be humble, not to feel intensely about how blessed you really are. The swan, says Kabir, departed from the pond, leaving the pond lifeless. Kabir proclaims that it has returned to the same door and the same pillar. The pond that he talks about is a human body. Some hunters, some souls, enter this pond and search, search, search constantly for the pearls at the bottom of the pond. Search for the gems within it. Search for the mysteries and the delights of soul consciousness, of the loving consciousness of the Lord within the pond. And others go about playing in the pond, chasing the frog, singing with the toads. <laughs> and at the end of the season, they depart without any treasure. The true Hanses search immediately for the pearls within the pond. And finding these gems, they never let go. And that when the pond eventually dries up, they fly from the earth to the heavens. The swan and the crane, says Kabir, have the same color and move about in the same pond. The crane is immediately revealed, but the swan is only known by testing it with milk. The pond in this poem is the world. And there are both spiritual and non-spiritual people in the world. This is a quote from Jagasar Das in the complete Bijak of Kabir. Beautiful book, if you don't have it, I. Hardly suggest getting a copy. You can get it on Amazon. He goes on to say, the spiritual ones are revealed by their righteous living, where the non-spiritual ones are revealed by their evil desires and passions. Mythologically, the swan can separate milk from water, but the crane cannot. The, sw the swan can sense the presence of the pearl within the pond. The crane cannot. Ancient Chinese scriptures talk about three kinds of souls arriving in the body. There's the, by, By these teachings, there's the golden dragon, which would be the same as the Hansa. 
but the golden dragon is fully enlightened. So it's like Kabir is the Hansa in the womb, in Nirvana consciousness, even in the womb. Then there are the Hansas who feel the pearl within them, within the pond, within the, they live. They can feel the presence of the divine deep within their consciousness. These are the souls like us, like all of us, who felt the calling, who felt the urge to merge within us, who can feel the subtle essence within us that seems to be calling us within, pulling us within. And then there's the cranes who are buffeted by the positive and negative aspects of the world, by desires and fears, can't sense anything else and get trapped in Indra's nets of karma in the world. Greed makes you waste your life, says Kabir, and evil actions nullify your good actions. If you say that Maya is only one half, I would be greatly annoyed. Maya is Vishnu's wife, and so she may be called one half, but Maya is very powerful and has beguiled the entire world. <sighs> Sad, sad, sad that we've been trapped by Maya. Sadder still that we care not for others that are trapped by Maya. God skillfully made this body of ours with the five elements. And the mind cried, I, 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 I am, I am, I am, I'm the doer. I'm independent of everything else because I can do things, I can be things, I am what I am. I ask you, pandit, says Kabir to the visiting teacher, is the word that you talk about. greater, or is the soul greater? The average teacher wouldn't know the difference. Some teachers might say, well, the soul is the greatest thing. And others might say, no, the spirit is the greatest thing, spirit of God. And others may, may say, no, it's the, it's the book, the living book, the living word that is the greatest thing. Ah. But are they not the same? Do not all of these things contain God consciousness? Do not all of these things return to God consciousness? How can any one thing be greater or lesser than anything else? It can't. Truth is it can't. 
The body, say the alchemists, is made up of five elements and we call it human. But if it's deprived of one element, it becomes restless at every, every place. If it's deprived of the sixth element, the soul, it's eternally restless, eternally lost. The soul's nature is wakefulness, says Kabir. And the true name of God, the quintessential word, God consciousness of the Lord of the soul, purifies the soul, just as white borax purifies gold. Kabir says the body is like the wild hen produced from a pale drop. The inert body is awakened by the conscious soul, you see, the pale drop within the, within the fetus. How would he know that? How would he know that? There's only one way that Kabir could understand this and recite this poem the way he does. Our awareness doesn't come from the brain. Our consciousness doesn't come from the brain. Our life force doesn't come from the body. The reverse is true. If, like the Chinese suggest, if the ancient Taoists, Taoists suggest, if you awaken in the body with Jade pure analysis, uh, consciousness, jade pure consciousness. If you awaken in the body with nirvana awareness, and in other words, you're a single bubble of consciousness. Fully aware of the type of awareness that you are in nirvana, abiding in the totality of that awareness in the first molecule of the soul that's in the body. It's a pale drop, you see. Pale drop, pure consciousness in the womb. Most souls are not born in that first molecule. I've been saying this for a long time, but only saints are, only great saints are. Kabir is saying the same thing here. That, and, and he goes further. He goes much further. He reminds us that the consciousness of the body evolves from the consciousness of this pale drop. The life of the body, the fetus, mind you, evolves from the consciousness of this pale drop. The body itself evolves from the consciousness of this pale drop of, or bubble of consciousness in the first molecule in the womb. Again, Kabir could only know this if he's experienced it. 
so few saints have this experience. Only the greatest of saints can have these experiences. Only one who has learned how to abide in nirvana for decades, for centuries even, for millennium even. Only that type of saint is going to arrive in the body with that level of consciousness. It's a level of consciousness where you feel the density of the awareness in the molecule. And you can feel it getting less dense in the middle as the next two molecules of pure consciousness, pure multi-dimensional consciousness come out of you and then the density regains is regained not just in the first molecule but in the other two molecules as well how could Kabir be aware of this only if he had watched the entire fetus grow out of his own consciousness only if he had watched as a multi-dimensional consciousness in, was infused in each of these new molecules as the fetus grew. Kabir was no ordinary saint. Inside the body of five elements is the place of a hidden treasure. Hardly anyone knows the secrets. The Maha Gurus, the Maha Avatars are the only authority. And it is this consciousness that animates the body, he says. It is this consciousness that is the co-creator of the microcosm of our awareness that we live within. It is this consciousness that eventually brings to the baby his parents, his relatives, his school mates, his teachers. All of this is drawn to his consciousness as it is needed to continue to develop the growth of his or her consciousness. And the Maha Guru like Kabir would understand this even before he left the womb. As one who sits on the steadfast throne of realization has light shining from the window of his body, I and mine enlightened companions dwell in the heart of such a realized one. Again, he's talking about what it's like to be fully enlightened as a child. 
as a boy, as a teenager and a man that comes from the same consciousness that he drinks and enjoys later in life as well. The mirror is in your heart, says Kabir, but you cannot see your face in it. You will only see your face when you remove duality from your heart. Your true face is the face of God within you. When you go beyond the crown chakra and the Sahaj portal opens up within you, mind you, it was Kabir that coined this word, that used this word so extensively. When you gaze at the Sahaj portal, you're mesmerized, immediately mesmerized by the face of God, by the source, the very source of your awareness, the very source of the awareness of the entire cosmos. You see it all, you feel it all. In an inexplicable, second of consciousness lasts forever. It's the mirror in your heart, but you cannot see your true face at the beginning of your sadhana, to the beginning of your spiritual life. Only when we've gone beyond the dualities of the mind, only when we've gone beyond the dualities of the soul as well, can we see the face of God? Can we experience God consciousness? We still think that we exist as a soul, then we're not beyond the trap of existence versus non-existence. We're not yet beyond the desire to be and the fear of non-beingness. This is the subtle trap within the soul just before it dissolves. <laughs> The path followed by learned people, by people of knowledge, is also followed by worldly people. But God's abode is very high. But Kabir has climbed there. The saints, suggest Kabir, serve as examples for all else. And their wisdom contains the nuggets that we need to hear to understand the essence of the path so that when we feel the pull within, we'll know what, what it is and we'll know enough to follow it, to let it be, to let it take us all the way back home. Kabir's house, he says, is on the top of the mountain where the path, my dear friends, he says, is very, very slippery. When an ant's legs cannot get a foothold, that is where foolish people wish to go with loaded bullocks. 
Think about trying to climb a mountain in the winter. It's covered with three feet of ice. And you've got a 60-pound backpack on. What is that 60-pound backpack? It's all your attachments, desires, and fears. It's all your karma. Why are you going up the mountain? Because you want to attain spiritual advice. You want to obtain a new level of consciousness. Now, where we're going, we can't take any baggage, any baggage of any kind whatsoever. The baggage will always weigh us down, always make us top-heavy, always cause us to tumble and fall and slip and crash till we learn another lesson. <laughs> He says, people say, Shabda, 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 or Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat. But that Shabda, the true Shabda, is formless, bodiless, soundless. He explains further, it does not come to the tongue, nor can it be repeated by the tongue or heard by the ears. Please examine this and understand. The true name of God is the ultimate reality, the ultimate life, the ultimate consciousness. And it's the very core of the awareness in your soul. We're many me copies. We have that awareness within us already. God consciousness, he says, flows on the mountaintop. And the horse, the mind, climbs up to dwell in that village. And the bee, the soul, wishes to drink the nectar, even when there is no flower. What is the name of that tree which produces the flower and the nectar? It's your soul, it's your sadhana, your path within. And that which flowers is the soul itself. Kabir, Hafiz, Swamiji sometimes talk about the rose that blooms within them or the lily that blooms within them the lotus flower that blooms within them at the sight of the Lord. The Chakora bird, completely attached to the moon, will even eat burning charcoal. Kabir says he himself does not get burned because this is the nature of attachment to the noble one. <clears throat> the chocolate bird would even break its neck watching the moon. The devoted soul cares not for his own life. 
What is it? What is it? Life is but a precious opportunity to melt within the divine consciousness, the divine presence, the nectar that flows through everything that we experience. And if life says, go forward, even though you might die, go forward because the gods love you. A true disciple won't flinch, won't blink. It's a reward. Precious rewards, a sadhana, a sahaj yoga, of the great journey of the soul, are right in front of you. And you know, from your experience and your meditation, that consciousness is eternal. Consciousness creates everything else. So if God says, stay in the consciousness, stay conscious, stay within the loving consciousness, your body might disappear in a minute or two. A saint would say to his friends, his dear wife, my dear, my dear, my dear, it's a time to celebrate. God has decided to take me home. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is great. God is great. God is great. Such is the nature of a saint like Kabir. According to his nature, the rabbit runs from the jungle and sometimes falls into dreadful traps. But to whom shall the rabbit tell his tale? And who would understand it? As humans, we, as mental, mentally driven humans, we fall into one trap after another. What good is it to, <laughs> to try and explain the misery of falling into the trap, the foolishness of falling into a trap? How would we explain our foolishness? Would we know it? Would we know what type of foolishness we actually have when the mind gets too attached to things? Do humans really know what's happening to them as they get attached, as they get obsessed, as they get obsessed with their attachments, as they get possessed by their obsessions? Do humans really know at which point 
they become addicts of pleasure and fear. Would it do any good to stand on a mountaintop and say, yay, my mental friends, you're addicts. No. Would it be kind? No. Would it be helpful? No. But if you're on the path, suggest Kabir. Learn the lessons that you need to. Keep your eyes wide open. Praise God for the blessing of the wisdom that dawns on you as you make progress within. Praise God for his presence within your awareness. Praise God that you have this precious opportunity and bow in humility everywhere you look, everywhere you are. And everything that you can see and hear and taste. These are just different aspects of the same God consciousness that rests and flows through the core of your soul, giving you the awareness that you have as a human, giving you the awareness that you have as a soul, and bringing you back to the divine awareness that you have as the Lord of all souls. This is our destiny. It's inevitable. It's absolutely magnificent. Namaste. Namaste.